0: It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929 to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna.
1: A fine pair brought to you by Shane
2: Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbors' noise on their side.
1: It's Friday, January 13th, 2022. No, nope, 2023. I'm Beckler. Uh, last show of the week here without Shauna after a long, almost full week of solo shows. Uh, the show was. Pretty strong, though, I think. Probably my favorite show of the week. Didn't have to read my manifesto, which I always threaten to do when I'm running out of content (laughs) on today's show. Talk about a conspiracy in the used auto world. Some bro sayings. These aren't white girl sayings. These are bro sayings. Something that the high cost of goods has forced one of our listeners to do. Uh, We're going to talk about a term that I hadn't heard before. Neither had Justin, but we'll discuss it. It applies to both of us, I think, or could apply to both of us. The goat of athletes. A friend of the show joins to debate that one. They're making a sequel to a movie, and I, was, I thought this was a joke, but this is actually happening. I recently learned about a woman whose job title could best be described as Boob Wizard. We're going to Bob Dylan up a few songs. That's exactly what it sounds like. And my wife, McKenna, has her version of the news after you're out of context clip of the show. Jingle
3: bells, jingle
0: bells. I jingle all the way. The b and 20 Minutes or Less podcast.
1: A few minutes ago, I read the X92.9 Morning News, which is just usually, you know, three or four stories, the big ones that you think you need, you think you need to know about. Uh, but sometimes when Shauna's awake, because Shauna normally writes the news, and then we both read it, uh, my wife, McKenna, offers to help by writing her version of the news, what she feels you need to know first thing in the morning when you wake up. So, McKenna's
0: 929 News.
4: Hi, guys, it's me, <laughs> You know what I was thinking? I think we need, like, a cooler intro, other than, like, you putting my name, like, McKenna's. Could we get, like, production to work on it?
1: That is production. You want me to ask the producers if you could have your own news intro?
4: Yeah, like, with, like, a whooshing air noise or something. Like, I'm just swooping in.
1: We can look into it. Are you going to read the news?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure you guys have all heard the story of Prince Harry's frostbitten penis by now.
1: Nope. Can
4: I say penis? <laughs>
1: Haven't heard it, but keep going.
4: <laughs> okay, so the, the prince got his frostbite during the fundraiser trip to the North Pole back in March of 2011. He wrote upon arriving home, I've been horrified to discover that my nether regions were frost nipped as well. And while the ears and cheeks were already healing, the todger wasn't. Podger. That's what he calls the tip. Okay. Okay. Anyways, I thought that was a funny story. Um, a Calgary daycare in the northeast's license was taken away after investigation into alleged physical harm of a child.
1: This was an actual news story. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't.
4: I don't know why I picked this story.
1: Nothing funny there, hey? No.
4: Can you imagine taking your t- kids to a daycare and then? Yeah, it'd be horrible. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, anyway. Um Avatar. Avatar, the way of the water, surpasses one point five billion in global sales.
1: That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm.
4: Would that have even covered their costs?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
4: their costs would be covered? Oh
1: yeah, they're in the black at this oh, point okay. for sure. Yeah.
4: Okay. My last story. The top fifteen dessert places in Calgary. Nice. Yeah. I won't do all of them. I'll just do maybe like the top seven. <laughs> Village ice cream. I feel like we've been there.
1: This is according to who?
4: Um, the sources. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Protected sources, okay.
4: Okay, number one, Village Ice Cream. Yeah. Have we been there? Yeah. I feel like we have. The yeah. fudge is really good. It's creamy. We it got six
1: like- more to go here. Let's. Okay, <laughs> Let's-
4: number two, Jelly Modern Donuts.
1: Yeah, they're good.
4: Yeah, I like this place, but I think that, like you said, the Safeway donuts are the best when they're fresh and they're cheap.
1: My opinion, you can't beat a Safeway donut. They're so good. My
4: opinion. Oh my gosh. Uh, number three,. Amato Gelato Cafe. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Never been there, I don't know. Number four, surprising charcut roast house. It sounds like a meat house, but everyone's saying that the warmed up cookie is really
1: good.
0: Okay. Maybe we should go there. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Okay. Number five, made by Marcus. That's another ice cream place. All so delicious. Uh, Number six, notable. And coming in at number seven, Clive Burger. Really? Yeah, they said their shakes are pretty good. Okay. Okay, now you're informed. I guess. V
0: and S in 20 minutes or less.
1: Someone recently sent me this clip uh, from the Jimmy Fallon show, and it was the comedian James Austin Johnson singing Jingle Bells, but as different versions of Bob Dylan throughout the years, as Bob Dylan has, uh, has changed his sound over the years. Jingle bells, jingle bells. I jingle all the way. And it was so friggin' funny that I have watched this clip I don't know how many times, and I can send it to you if you want to see the whole thing. He does like four different eras of Bob Dylan, uh, and I I want more of it. You know, I want more of those songs, but I don't know James Austin Johnson, and it's probably a good thing because if I did, I'd just be asking him all the time, sing this one as Bob Dylan, do this one as Bob. So I'll have to do it myself. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to Bob Dylan up a, a few songs here. I've got Justin accompanying me on the harmonica. Uh, this one is notorious for parents everywhere. Let's put some Bob in Baby Shark. Hey, baby Shark. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. My- is that better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we'll do, uh, one more for you. There was a notorious song from a few years ago called "Wop." Give that one the Bob Treatment. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet as Make that
0: pull-out game week. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you f***ing with some wet-ass DNS in 20 minutes or less. I
1: was FaceTiming with my brother last night, and he told me this story about a woman he works with. This is wild. So this woman, she's about middle age. She went to Victoria's Secret... To buy a new bra for herself. And she said she walked into the door, and the sales associate, this woman another woman, similar age to her, walked right up, without saying a word, grabbed her by both of the boobs, just took a handful of each. And this other woman, the customer, was like so taken aback, she was kind of speechless. And the sales associate looked at her and was like, You're a D. And this was like, What? So I don't think you can do that. I don't think as a sales associate you can just go up and grab customers who haven't consented to it. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain. But this woman said she tried on a D bra, which wasn't the size she was wearing, and damn if it wasn't the best-fitting bra that she'd ever worn. So I don't know how often this sales associate is pulling this move. I would think probably not that often, because it wouldn't be long before you'd run into somebody who would complain, and that'd be the end of you. But clearly, she has some incredible ability to deduce what bra a person should be wearing just based on copping a quick feel pulling a little david david copper feel there remarkable she's like a shaolin monk of bra sizing i used to have this ability and nobody believes this this is a true story but nobody ever believes me when i was younger i used to have the ability to just look at someone and tell you what their bra size was and when this would come up in conversation, you know, some of the girls that I knew back then would be like, no way, no, you can't. What size am I? I'd be like 34C, and they'd go, huh? because I was right. I was always right, and I don't know how. But then two things, I don't have the ability anymore. Two things happened. One, they kind of changed bra sizes a few years back. I don't know if you remember this, but a bunch of people realized all at once that they were wearing the wrong size bra, and I think the sizes are different now. I was going by the old international standard, And I guess it's all different now. And the other thing is, I'm just, you know, I'm not practicing anymore. I'm not in the game. If you want to be top in your field, you need to be out there. You need to be working all the time. I'm married. You know, you can't read the same book over and over again and call yourself learned.
0: The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Did
1: you know that they're making a sequel to The Passion of the Christ? the movie about Jesus. I didn't know this. I saw this headline yesterday. I thought it was a joke. I saw it on Twitter and I was like, I thought it was uh, from The Onion or The Hard Times or something. No, it's true. It's in production right now. It's called The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. Mel Gibson's involved. Stars Jim Caviezel as Jesus again. And you know, I guess like if you you subscribe to the Jesus story, there are some pretty integral parts that come after where the Passion of the Christ left off with Jesus' death. Apologies for the spoilers, <laughs> but I don't know, Like that movie was pretty controversial when it came out back in 2004, pre-social media, so I imagine this one will make some noise. One of the funniest messages I've ever received in my whole radio career was talking about the Passion of the Christ years and years ago, I don't remember why, and someone, someone messaged me and said, the Passion of the Christ was actually carpentry. Turns out he was just really into making heirloom furniture.
0: In 20 minutes or less.
1: I got a message from friend of the show, Fred, yesterday. Fred has been on before he's participated in some of our GOAT debates. Fred's a big sports fan, and he asked me uh, who the GOAT of athletes would be. That's a huge question. So uh, Fred's on the phone. Why don't you go first, Fred? Well,
5: I saw that they're doing a biopic of Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. And, yeah, probably one of the most accomplished, most well-rounded athletes.
1: Because well, he um, was an Olympian and a pro football player, correct? Yeah, he I, he played
5: a a bunch of other sports, too. Like, he was more than just a pro football player. I think he played some other pro sports. I think his accolades in the Olympics were he's most famous for.
1: Did, does it matter to you that he he accomplished all this in like the early 1900s when people weren't really taking sports that seriously yet? Yes and no. I mean, I'd like to hear your
5: your thoughts on the debate versus eras, because even if you think about guilt for other sports, I have the same problem. Like, I can even tell you, I don't know if I could tell you necessarily who's definitively the guilt of hockey or... Or basketball, for example, I kind of go back and forth on those.
1: Because the games change so much? Yeah, I mean,
5: I kind of go back and forth on just their whole body of work. Mm -hmm. Not just on the field or court of their sport, but also what they kind of do outside of that. And so that's why, for me, for example, for boxing, the GOAT is going to be Muhammad Ali. I agree. And like people will say, of course, because he was a champ. But for me, it's because, dude lost his title, went to jail, came back, and won his title again.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's wild.
5: Right, like, amazing. And he did so because of his own personal convictions. Ended up in jail because he stood up for what he believed in. And to me, you know, when I look at that versus like somebody like a Mike Tyson, who also was an impressive heavyweight champion, but, you know, I kind of got to give the nod to Ali on that side because of because of that, right?
1: Well, I thought, man, I mean, when you asked me this question, I thought about it for a long time last night, and it's it's a big one, because you're kind of asking, like, who's the goat of goats almost, right? Pretty so, much, it's right? the goat of goats. So I was like, okay, who dominated their sport the most? And would that be someone like Michael Phelps? Yeah, I he definitely crossed my mind Usain Bolt. Was another one? Yeah, so the thing I like about Bolt is that that's a sport that everybody has tried. If you have legs, you have tried running. And true. he's he's the fastest person who's ever lived, and and that's right. just such like raw athleticism. So absolutely. Or what yes, about? It definitely popped into my head for sure. What about? Um, and it's very basic. Like you put two guys in a room, one of them comes out, one doesn't. So like combat sports. Would you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Ali, or right. you know some of the great MMA fighters? Would they be in consideration? I'd have to think so, right? Like somebody
5: like a GSP or an Anderson Silva. So, huh? so it's a fascinating debate. And then we haven't talked about Serena Williams or any like female, right? So
1: I was going to ask you that because Serena herself has admitted that she would get beaten by most of the top male players. So would she, as dominant as she was, is she the goat of athletes if she isn't the best in her sport? I
5: don't know. And then, But but, but what has she done for the sport too, though? Yeah. See, again, there are these little intangibles that I feel like you attach to Someone who you dub as great mm-hmm. that kind of transcends their sport on top of what they've accomplished in that sport.
1: I had one other answer, maybe, because I was thinking about how you know you talked about Usain Bolt and sprinting, but as humans, we're not great sprinters, we're not great over short distances. What we are good at, of course, is distance running. Mm-hmm. So, what about like Elliot Kuchogi? who yeah, like, like sh- those marathon yeah shattered the marathon record twice beat his own record by like a minute yeah, that's that's pretty yeah, amazing
5: and then this is going to continue to happen throughout history right like yeah. we talk about eras like records are going to continue to be shattered so who do you give credit to the person who broke the first who, rode, who ran the first six minute mile, <laughs> right? A lot of guys running the four minute mile now.
0: VNS <laughs> <laughs> in twenty minutes or less. Justin's
1: in here with me. I figured I'd talk to you about this because we are the only two two guys that are married at the yeah. station. Yeah, One of the two guys with kids. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the term "wife guy" before? Wife guy? Wife guy? Do you know what a wife guy is? <sighs> no, I don't. No, I saw this online the other day. I was like, I'd never heard that term, but I guess it goes back to. Goes back a while. The New York Times wrote an article about it in 2019. Okay. So we're behind a bit. All right. A wife guy is someone who being married is their whole personality. Their wife oh, okay. is their whole personality. Okay, yeah, and how yeah. much they love their wife. Yep. Do you know anybody like that? Yes, I do.
2: Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, I
1: can I picture a few guys. <laughs> As soon as I read that, I was like, I know exactly who Are they're talking that about. That
2: description. There's
1: a few people, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it, for sure. It's specifically an internet term, and it refers to a, like guys who have kind of built a social media brand a, off of posting about their wives. Okay. Um, but I. <sighs> I'd almost take it a bit further and like like I said I know guys who are just like all they talk about is how hot their wife is. You should think your wife is attractive. Absolutely. You should think she's great. Of course. But you also got to have your own stuff going on. Yeah you got (laughs) to have your own personalities you got to have your own hobbies you got to have your own things that you're into like you can't just. They said the New York Times talked about the relationship between wife guys and incels so incels are the involuntary involuntarily celibate the guys who can't who aren't having sex and can't? Oh, okay. They say a wife guy's almost like one who's like, "I got one." And He's waving <laughs> it around. <laughs> he's <laughs> like he's, like he's so proud that he broke out of the incel. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I got. I gotta, People got to know." And I think you're right. It's like I, it almost to me. And I'm maybe I'm putting on my. <laughs> amateur psychologist had here, but I, th- I feel like if you come to a relationship without really knowing who you are, mm-hmm. and ha- like you said, having your own oh, things I've- going on, then you're at risk of maybe being a wife going. Absolutely. Like, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice you can pass on to somebody who's young is Sow your oats, so to speak. Yes. If, if you know what I mean, like get out there, experience the world, <laughs> figure out who who you are and and then, you know, start your life. Then bring that to your relationship, uh, uh, right? Yes, exactly. You need some experience outside of relationships. I don't know if there's a female term for this, but I, I knew a girl growing up. She actually dated the bass player in my band and she, I feel like she's the female version of this because... Like when she was dating him, she was just all about the band, and then they broke up, and she started dating a guy who did motocross, and she was all about motocross. <laughs> and I was like, "What do you? But what about you? You know, like what are you? What, are you like? what do you like? What do you like? I, what do you like? I like whatever he likes. I like whatever my wife. That's my <laughs> wife." <laughs> I love her, and whatever she loves. The
0: BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast.
1: My wife McKenna was on the show yesterday, uh, talking about how she used to enjoy grocery shopping. She used to enjoy going to the grocery store and seeing everything they had and stuff. But since everything has gotten so expensive, she no longer enjoys grocery shopping, and said she's just she's anxious the whole time just about how much the cart is going to cost. And I got a voice message from a friend of the show, Patrick. Uh, use that voice m- memo app, by the way. It's a, it's a great way to communicate with us. You can get all your thoughts out at once, and then we can play it on the air. Uh, Patrick sent this through Instagram to my account, which was excellent. But here's Patrick. I
2: would agree with you and McKenna on that. It used to be enjoyable to go uh, grocery shopping, and those, those days are gone, of course. But... Um, you can really feel it too. When you're in the grocery store, everyone's kind of, I don't know, you can, you can almost feel the anxiety inside the, inside there. So I'd hate to work in a place like that too, where all your customers are full of anxiety. It's, it's not pleasant.
1: I thought that was an excellent point from Patrick because it's, it's very true. Like to work in a place that people don't want to be, isn't always the most fun. When I was in high school, I had two jobs. I worked, well, two different times. I worked in a grocery store and then I worked at a movie theater and i basically made minimum wage at both the jobs themselves weren't all that different but it was night and day in terms of like the mood at each place because people looked at grocery shopping as a chore nobody wanted to be there they had busy lives they had to do it before they you know went off to whatever else they were doing whereas like the movie theater was their time that was leisure it was something they were looking forward to so people were in a way better mood at the movie theater and it was just it was a better place to work because of that Um, Patrick went on to say this.
2: I suppose one silver lining to the whole thing with inflation on groceries is that I finally got into intermittent fasting and, uh, you know, gave it a try, if you will. I used to get ads and, you know, apps, suggestions about it, and I always kind of disregarded it, but I thought, yeah, to heck with it. I'm going to give it a try, skip a few meals and uh, see what that does, if you will. And I think it has made me more mindful to what I do eat when I'm, not fasting and uh, has made me a bit more accepting. I guess my body is accepting to when I do. Oh, sorry. My body (laughs) is accepting to when I um, forego a meal or plan on it, if you will. So I would agree with you. I,
1: I mean, I understand what Patrick is saying here. And if intermittent fasting works for you, that's great. If you're doing it safely, that's great. I would hope that like the cost of food doesn't push anybody to intermittent fasting That's not good If that's the situation We have going on right now That also feels to me Kind of like Crappy advice That our government would give You know Oh food's too expensive Have you tried Just eating less Have you tried eat- Not eating so much
0: The b and In 20 minutes or less podcast
3: In the question for you
1: Yeah. Have you ever
3: thought Of what you would do After radio?
1: You mean like If I If I got canned And couldn't work here anymore
3: Well I'd prefer if it was a choice <laughs> I can, <but> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't yeah, have a... you chose to get on of radio.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, a plan to leave right now. I think... Uh, I've always joked that I'm, I plan to die on the air, like, like mid-break. i yeah, going right right? yeah, to keel over and die. Um, but I don't know, like, maybe maybe down the road the industry will have changed so much that I won't want to be in it anymore. I don't know, but I don't, I don't have a backup plan. I think maybe I'd try to put my carpentry skills to use if I had to, but... Yeah. I mean... To be 40-some years old and then to start going back on the tools um, is kind of daunting too, right?
3: Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm, yeah. Because I've had people well, oh, why don't you come back to work on the floor in autobody? Yeah. So, yeah. Getting up and down off of creepers, crawling under vehicles, smashing knuckles, <laughs> doesn't sound that appealing anymore.
1: Yeah, it's fine when you're young, but yeah. even now I could do it, but I mean, 10, 15 years from now, will I want to? Probably not.
3: Yeah. Uh, I nice to have
1: those things as hobbies. Yeah, I know, and I I do worry about that because like if this went away, um well I'd be in trouble because I don't have I don't have an education, I don't have any other skills. So <laughs> I just I gotta I, I got not say a racial slur <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised
3: if something political if you ended up into like just you guys, both you and Sean and your abilities for public speaking.
1: Yeah, I mean there could be something like that for sure. Um, there you go run for mayor. <laughs> run for mayor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd have a high enough profile to run for mayor. Well,
3: um, oh, I bet she'd be surprised.
1: Or if you, it seems to me like a shit job. I don't know about you. Like
3: I, like uh, I'm always jokes as we say, "Don't oh, you should run for mayor?" Like,
1: why do you want to do that crap? <laughs> but I mean, I look at I, so like like Marinetti was so educated and such a bright dude, and Mayor Gondek has all this education, and I. I'm. I feel like a monkey next to them, you know. So, but if you
3: look, but education though, there's book smart, there's street smart. I don't
1: know if I have either. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've seen your TikTok videos and listened to the radio. I would say you have a very good smart
1: street start. Street oh well, smart. thank you, man. Um, but I just even I watch like what their their days look like, and it doesn't seem to be that enjoyable, you know. Like it. No,
3: it doesn't look appealing that way. But I think it'd be nice to see somebody with more of a street smart than a book smart get into a position like that and see how that would roll
1: what you want is a bit more of a Terry in office right you want a guy you can look well, at and be like I can relate to this guy this guy's yeah, definitely made so some mistakes relatable. while he's drunk so yeah,
6: <laughs>
3: yeah well and it just because when you look at some of the decisions I don't pay a whole lot attention to Calgary but some of the stuff you have no choice like the arena deal and stuff like that yeah it, sometimes political views get in the way of realistic views
1: For sure. Yeah, I think so. Or I think a lot of people go into the office maybe with high ambitions and they realize how difficult it actually is to get stuff done when they get there.
3: Yeah, yeah, I also that and I think the people go in with they wanna try to make their legacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well something so
3: they have to stick to their personal guidelines, like, Okay, I wanna be known for this and I'm not gonna back down on that at all.
1: I think you're right. Because you I mean you have to have a big a bit of an ego. To think that you should be in charge of a city this size, you know?
3: Oh, for sure. Like, I'm
1: I'm the guy to do it, you know? (laughs) you got to have a bit of an ego. Well, you
3: look at, like, Smith, she's going to be known for uh, whatever the hell it is. The The Sovereignty sovereignty
1: Act? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she will not let that go no matter what. Unless she wins in, in, in the spring election and then, like, drops that and runs on, and, like, builds a different legacy for herself. But you're right, right now, that is what's tied to her name.
3: But it's also what could kill her in the next
1: election. Yes, absolutely. That um, scares me. Well, thankfully, my paychecks continue to clear. And that's uh, that's thanks to our fine partners like Shane Holmes. Shane Holmes uh, is building houses in the community of Midtown in Airdrie. Centrally located, nice amenities, pedestrian friendly. they got a pedestrian bridge there, a nice pond in the middle of the neighborhood. They build three types of homes in Midtown. Uh, single-family front-drive homes, paired homes, lane homes. If you'd like to check any of that out, you can find the information on Shane Holmes' website, shanehomes.com slash communities. Shane Holmes, the better way
0: to build. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I
1: don't have any white girl sayings for you this morning. What I do have are some more bro sayings. Oh, these are bro-y. couple good bro sayings here for you. Uh, the first one, I'm not a fan of, like, Workout shirts with a lot of attitude, you know, that have like inspirational words and phrases on them. You see them sometimes, but you know what? A free shirt is a free shirt, and I got one of these just recently. I've been wearing it. It says, "Be ambitious, disciplined, relentless, limitless." I'm like, I. would <laughs> Okay, I mean, I'm, i some of those things. Sometimes I, I, I have been known to relent on occasion. So maybe I'm not worthy of the shirt. Maybe the shirt needs to go. To a more relentless and limitless bro, I'm not sure, but I was like, "That's a super broy phrase, isn't it?" Any of the it's, it's the it's the hustler attitude, right? The hardest worker in the room that that's the guy who's wearing a shirt like that, the self proclaimed hardest worker in the room. Here's another one, and this one is used by people of all kinds, but it has a real broy air to it, so I'm putting it in the bro saying category, and that is trust the process. Oh, man, is that overused these days? Do you see Trust the Process everywhere? We may have talked about this on the show before. I tried to figure out where Trust the Process came from and why it's used absolutely everywhere now. Um, And this is interesting. I found an article that says it came from the early 2010s Philadelphia 76ers. They were going through a rebuild. They were kind of tanking on purpose, and the ownership and management were were using that phrase to keep fans on board. Trust the process. This is a process. You got to trust us. But then when I searched Google, Google Trends, it looks like that phrase had been used as far back as 2004. It had been searched on Google. And I mean, it's a real upward curve right now. Everybody's saying, trust the process. Trust the process. Any type of leadership role. You can just say trust the process, and it doesn't matter if your process is dog crap, because this means everything and nothing at the same time. People will put their own, they'll imprint their own ideas onto it. So, just try it out. Use it. You can use it wherever. If you suck at work, just trust the process on this, okay? Trust the process. If you're a terrible lover, trust the process.
0: The BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast.
1: Even better than Shauna and I talking about our own wild conspiracy theories is when you share your wild conspiracy theories with us. Uh, friend of the show, Landon, what do you got? just recently sold my truck and I feel like I found a conspiracy I'd oh. like to share with you. Well, you know I'm always down to hear wild and unfounded conspiracy theories.
6: Yeah, so if you post a vehicle and you don't have a car fax, like they give you that option to attach a car fax to your... Mm -hmm. Uh, link. I didn't do that often and I got spammed with a bunch of messages where they pretend to be interested in your vehicle and then when they say, oh, I'll meet you on Tuesday, then right before they meet you, they say, well, can you send me a vehicle inspection report that will be to some other site other than Carfax? And then they—I'm pretty sure it's a scam too. So it'd be nice to let people know not to fall for it. But it goes to these off-brand sites that cost less than Carfax, but I don't know if they're legit or not because I didn't even try it. <laughs> like, Interesting. Almost like you get—I got like ten or fifteen messages like this, and then I—I I, I just wonder if you would have. Uh, Got a car Carfax if those messages wouldn't wouldn't happen or if they huh. stop.
1: So you think they're almost like they're fake buyers, like they have no intention of buying it. They're just trying to funnel you towards this.
6: Oh, it's a hundred percent fake buyers. Yeah, a few of them say, "Oh, I'll pay your full asking price and I'll pick it up on Tuesday." All you have to do is send me this report. It costs forty dollars, <laughs> and then they probably will never show up. You
1: know, I I sold a vehicle probably four or five years ago in Kijiji, and it wasn't happening then, so this must be a newer thing they're running. Yeah, same.
6: I've sold a few vehicles, and this is the first time it's happened to me. Okay. It just makes me want to use Facebook Marketplace more than
1: uh, Kijiji. Until they get get you on Marketplace,
6: too. (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: true. Well, on the plausibility scale, uh, what do we give this one? How many cars that run on water ban out of... 10 does this get? Remember, the conspiracy theory scale starts at 10. They're all plausible, some more than others. So it starts at 10. Um, I think Landon's got some a pretty strong argument here. I could definitely see how this would be happening. I'm giving this one 17 cars that run on water, man, out of 10. That's a That's a good conspiracy right there. Nice work, Landon.
0: The BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast.
1: This is really quick and really dumb, but we recently watched as a family. We watched Wednesday on Netflix, the show about Wednesday Adams. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. The whole family liked it. But there's a very famous scene in that show that's kind of gone viral, where she does this dance at the the high school dance, and we're all walking around singing this song. It's to the to Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary, and it's got to get stuck in your head. And my kids and I, they're eight and five. We realized that. The word hands and plants are pretty interchangeable in songs. You could very easily make a song about dancing with plants instead of hands if you just change that one word. So we did a few of these. We shot some videos. We put them on my TikTok if you want to see them. But these are some of our plant parodies. i dance, dance, dance with my plants, plants, plants above my head, head, head. So I do not claim that the singing is good, but it was a ton of fun. Ow, you got and you could pretty much do that with any song that you hear that mentions hands and i i I'm guessing you will do it the next time you hear one of those. Put your plants up in the air. Put your plants up in the air. Put your plants up in the air. Put your plants up in the air.
0: You've been listening to the and S in 20 Minutes or Less podcast.
2: Brought to you by Shane Holmes, paired homes that keep your neighbors' noise on their side.
0: Want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X929. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to the Podcast and have VNS and 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.